Stop punishing yourself with bland, chalky protein shakes and fuel your fitness with the best protein in the game at GNC. We've got the hottest brands and flavors that legit taste like cookies, your favorite cereal, indulgent desserts, and more. It's on at GNC. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. talk about the Midnight Express. And let's start with Jim Cornette, who I do not get along with, but is he the best manager ever, and what did he add to that act? He's the second best ever. Bobby Heenan's first. After Bobby, I agree, but but uh, what did Cornette add? No, number two. He, he's fearless. He's fearless. He loves his guys. He's a great talker. I mean, I, everybody's got a different story. I, I, I personally like Jim Cornette a lot. And I'll be honest with you, when, I, when I'm around a smart guy, I'm going to utilize him anytime. I, and that's why I, I said, you want to come be part of this ridiculous booking committee? So, I mean, there were some smart people involved. The, the problem is they just wouldn't, they wouldn't, in other words, like a guy, Jim Cornette doesn't drink. We have nothing in common socially, but he's a smart guy. And in the ring, he's fearless. <laughs> I mean, no kidding. When he jumped, fell off the uh, the the uh, ramp, and Big Bubba was supposed to catch him. Oh my God! I mean, think about it. That's what they were thirty feet there, <laughs> and Jim takes a bump off the uh, oh, off the that? scaffold, the scaffold, off the scaffold. Yeah, I and I watch him for the curtain, and Bubba's supposed to catch him. <laughs> almost killed them both. <laughs> Cornet is. A, He's hilarious, but he he is by far by far there's no there's no way around it. Bobby Heenan, Jim Cornette. Yeah, uh, I think he was a great manager. Past that, I'm gonna need stitches because I'm biting my tongue. That's but, okay. uh, but he was a great fit for the Midnight though because it was a classic manager and actor uh, pairing. Exactly. Yeah, he wore the coat and tie, and the big thing too about Jim, he didn't afraid anybody. I mean, I can remember, he's just not afraid. And I, you know, I, you know, you, those guys, I'm telling you, Mid-South, and even in the South period, when they came over to Crockett, th those, those, those guys worked to pretty heated finishes. And it's not like it is now where no one gets to you. Does that make sense? Oh, but yeah, like, no, like, no, there was an element of danger when you worked in those days, for sure, especially an act like that. Absolutely. The, Example of the, the thing with Seth Rollins that we had, we had fun with, that that happened three times a week. Somebody hitting the ring, 
or, or hitting like when you're standing outside with your back to the crowd, you know what I mean? Right. And when you are, when you are that, because you have to be the guy to pull the rope or trip them or whatever, and your back is to it. I've seen him, Jim, get jumped on five times. Now, do you remember when Cornette's Midnight Express feuded with Paul Heyman's Midnight Express and Cornette bladed and the blood was so bad, the TBS went nuts, no more blood, and it was it was more juice than I've ever seen. You know, I do remember that, yeah. Well, like I said, Jimmy's not afraid to do anything. He, well, that was the first time he bladed. That he does, and he, does, he doesn't do it half-assed. <laughs> now, which was the better version of the Midnight Express, Bobby and Dennis or, or Bobby and Stan? And once again, Bobby and Dennis. spoken about often, Bobby, Bobby uh, was the Bobby common denominator. Bobby and Dennis. Bobby and Dennis, tell me why. Just more experience. They were together longer. I mean, I thought I thought Stan filled in uh, and did a good job, but he just wasn't. Dennis Condor was a hell of a hand. It, 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 and, it, and I'll tell you what, they knew each other so well that it was like me and Steamboat. Dennis and Bobby had been doing that for years. So they knew where they knew where they were in the ring all the time. You know what I mean? And when Stan came in, it's like a whole new learning process to find that level uh, of confidence. You know what I mean? We've been, if you're working a long match. Um, so I'm, I'm just giving it because Dennis was there longer. Yeah, I think nope. Stan had had a, a better look, quite honestly. But I agree with everything you say about Dennis and his work. I thought it was a more fluid tag team with Dennis Condry. Uh, but hey. both versions were excellent because, again, Bobby was there for both versions. we got so many questions. Let's see if we can get to several today. Adam Arpin wants to know, Rick, let's say JJ Dillon wasn't available to manage the horsemen back in the day, excluding the easy choice of Bobby Heenan. Who do you feel could have worked best in that role? Cornette. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's hard to beat, man. And I've heard rumors over the years that maybe there was an idea of what if, when maybe Arn and Tully left, what if the rock and roll, not the rock and roll, but the midnights just slid right in. Do you think that could have worked? I don't remember ever hearing that, but absolutely, absolutely would. I, you know, I don't, you know, I don't, it's hard to say anybody can replace Tully and Arm, but I'm certainly Bobby and Dennis, they were great, equally great. So the answer to that is yes, we just would have missed Arn's interview. Oh, so, no doubt. Yeah, Arn's hey, so important. I love JJ's interviews, but I think Jim Cornette would have probably been an upgrade. He's second to none on the mic. Absolutely. But you're right. Arn had a way of putting an exclamation point. Sometimes you would be pretty flamboyant and over the top, but Arn could bring it down to, I'm going to kick your ass. And that's what made it so special. Me flamboyant over the top. No, imagine that. <laughs> hey, so well, you and I never really talked about the midnight express, but did you have a preference? I know your, your great close personal friends with Stan lane and, and had a hand in him getting in the business in the first place. But were you a Stan guy or a dentist guy, which version of the express did you prefer? Oh, it's, it's hard. To, I, I I liked them both very much, but I it's hard to beat Dennis Condry. Yeah, I just think because they were together for a long time. But Stan did, Stan came in and filled his shoes well, and Stan did great. And I did oh. help. I did help him break in. It's a funny story. Um, I was at the Hilton Hotel in Myrtle Beach with um Ashley and Reed's soon to be. For a year, year, in several years, to be mother, <laughs> and I 
was trying to get her drunk in the morning ordering Bloody Marys. <laughs> and the guy opened the door and the guy goes, shit, are you Ric Flair? I said, yeah, man. And I think I think Beth had a bathing suit on. She looked really great. And she walked in and said, Nature Boy's in the house, man. And he goes, so then later on in the day, he came up to me at the pool and said, God, I'd like to get a wrestler. And then when I got back to Charlotte, he started coming down. We'd train in, uh, in my garage. I always had a home gym. So home gyms were always my thing long before COVID. It's, it was Stan Lane really like the first and only guy that you helped train from the very beginning? Uh, no. Uh, <clears throat> Bill Irwin or Scott Irwin. And then, of course, uh, Gary Ports. Okay. Yeah, not in the ring ever, but I, I mean, just the 500 free squats, the, the, shit, you, the hard shit. The Vern shit. You put them through the Vern shit. Yeah, exactly. This one's from Justin Hanna. Ricky wants to know any good stories about hanging out with Dale Earnhardt or any other NASCAR personalities? Oh, God, I used to hang out with a lot of um, Dale Jr. Um, I knew Jeff very well. Um, God, the two brothers, um, from, um, God, I don't get, I don't get to see them much anymore. The two brothers from, um, um, Emporia, Virginia. Oh God. The one, the one was such a handsome guy, really nice people. Um, the answer to that is I've hung around with a lot of NASCAR guys. The most fun being Dale Jr. Wood Brothers Racing? Uh, Jeff no. Burton? No, 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 no. I know Jeff, of course. No. Um, the Brothers from Emporia, Virginia. They're great guys. I've been to Myrtle Beach and party with those guys. <laughs> and Dale, before he got married, <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Everybody's calmed down but me. Everybody but you. Oh, you're talking about Elliot Sadler. Elliot Sadler, yeah. Elliot, Elliot, God dang Sadler. Woo! <laughs> Before he got married. Speaking of great, Rectech is great. They're an amazing company that offers wood pellet grills fueled by all natural hardwood pellets. They've got all your other lifestyle stuff too. Coolers, apparel, grill accessories, and more. Grills start at just $3.99, and Rectech has grills for every lifestyle and every budget with a key focus on flavor, convenience, and versatility. Their factory direct pricing eliminates the middleman and all their grills ship for free. Plus, all Rectech pellet grills are made with high-quality stainless steel and are built to last a lifetime. The flagship model is the RT700. It comes with a 40-pound pellet hopper, 702 square inches of cooking space, an awesome PID Wi-Fi controller, and a six-year bumper-to-bumper warranty. On a Rectech, you can bake, you can smoke, you can sear, you can grill, Dude, you can even dehydrate all with the press of a button. And that's why those in the know choose Rectech. So toss aside that tasteless gas grill and get rid of your old messy charcoal grill or even that overhyped brand name grill. And instead, join an elite wood pellet grilling family. We're talking about Rectech. They focus on flavor, convenience, and versatility. And now they've set the new standard in grilling. So visit Rectech.com. That's R-E-C-T-E-Q.com. And use the promo code NatureBoy5 to get 5% off site-wide. That's 5% off their grills, their coolers, their rubs and spices, their accessories, their merch. Everything's 5% off at Rectech.com. 
when you use the promo code NatureBoy5. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Nature Boy, Ric Flair, 16 times, as we've discussed so many times, your world champion. I am the host of Woo Nation, and I'm with my good friend and co-host, Conrad Thompson. And today, ladies and gentlemen, a real treat. It's very difficult to reach this individual. He very rarely comes out of his house. If he does, it's in disguise. He is probably recognized as one of the most genius people in the history of our business, fearless as a manager, outspoken to the point of sometimes he's like Bill O'Reilly and has to be censored. Uh, We're going to be real careful this time. Once again, I'm not drinking as I've been censored by my co-host and uh, <laughs> CBS, and I'm not eating food. so And there's no watch beats. And, and, and nobody's banging my watch on the corner here. So looking forward to this, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Jim Cornett, manager of the Midnight Express. Woo! Hello, Na- Jim. Nate, thank you for that introduction. Thank you for having me on the program, and thank you for having your, uh, your attorney. Is it still John Taylor down there in Atlanta? Yeah, You're- John, yeah. It was 30 years ago. Thank you for having him uh, vet me and clear me and also give me a list of certain things that should not be said, much like George Carlin's seven words on Woo Nation. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, John's actually in bad health right now, Jim. Sorry. Oh, mean... well, I didn't mean to start the, no, 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 no. He's, start he's, the he's, day off with a downer. No, he has Alzheimer's. So, you know, it happens. It just, he's such a guy, you know, and, and uh he, just, he got he got me uh, he got me out off of a deal in Gainesville, Georgia, one time when when the guy snatched me around the neck from behind and I whacked him over the head with uh, I believe it was written up as a piece of sporting equipment in the lawsuit. Yeah, no, no, he's a he's a brilliant attorney. So and helped me as you know so much through the uh, trials and tribulations of WCW. So anyway, he actually uh, and one time on a personal note, he got a sodomy charge against me, reduced to tailgating. So. <laughs> <laughs> you, oh my God! You, you you remain one of the wittiest of all time. So how you been, man? I've been fantastic. I, uh, as you said, I, I don't leave the house much. Actually, I've I've done it to myself. I've ribbed myself this summer, Rick. I've been everywhere. I've been from New Jersey to New England to Tennessee and back again, and. I'm uh, coming up uh, uh, July 30th through August 2nd. I'm going to be in your old neck of the woods, Charlotte, at the the Fan Fest down there. Oh, you're coming out. Okay, good. Uh, Coming down to the Fan Fest and and, uh, bringing my entire line, fine line of merchandise and wrestling collectibles and memorabilia. That's great. And... uh, and once I finish with that, I'm coming back home to Castle Cornette uh, here in Louisville, and I'm I'm not leaving the state for about two months. I've got all kinds of projects going on. I've got my podcast I do, the yeah. Jim Cornette Experience. It, it, it's it's Greg, it's, experience it's Greg, is Greg Price be actually going to pay you? Oh. Say again? Is Greg Price actually going to pay you? Oh, no, 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 no. He, he, he just opens the door and gets out of my way. Yeah, he owes me $17,000 <laughs> plus interest, so... Yeah, well, as long as you don't have to deal with him, you're in a good place. Yeah, but uh, but then I'll be back home in Kentucky, and I'm doing the weekly podcast, which you got to come on sometime. I would love to, but let me. I tell you, now I got this job with my podcast is uh, after I got in trouble at SummerSlam a year ago, which you may have heard about <laughs> uh, with Jim Ross. Um, 
Austin had me on his podcast the next day, and we drank a case of beer. And I, and I uh, I'm clearly more entertaining when I'm drinking, as you know. And, um, <laughs> And that's how I got this job. So, well, However, actually, they don't like was, me to have a beverage on this show, so I don't. I'm just uh, I, a guy cooking. I, I was never able to judge whether you were more entertaining when you weren't drinking because I was only around you daily for seven years, so I wasn't able to be around you when you weren't drinking. <laughs> but, I never drank for my work. No, what are you comparing me to? And, you, and by the way, the thing about Jim and I, well, our lifestyle is like totally different. Jim Cornette... I have coerced everybody, peer pressure, everybody. Jim Cornette has never had a drink with me. Wow. Truth. I could never get him to have a drink. No, 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 no. Now, now, wait a minute now. You you forgot one. I never had a beer with you. I don't drink beer. I, I have not drunk beer in my life. We we know this to be a fact. Okay. But when you came, you remember when you came to Louisville. I know, right. 14 but years ago. With David and all that, yeah. Valley Wrestling. And you took me I to that real nice restaurant. I did have a screwdriver with you. And what now? I did have a screwdriver with you 14 years ago when you came to Louisville to to. Yeah, but that wasn't while we were on the road OBW. together. That was, um, I'm talking about when we were on the road 40 days, 40 nights, you know, that deal. Yeah, because uh, I was the only one not smart enough not to fall into your trap. <laughs> yeah, because I you're not from here, yeah. and your constitution is ridiculous. <laughs> and when everybody else vomited their way onto the airplane the next morning, I was I was sitting there minding my own business and not green. <laughs> I love you, man. Anyway, we've never really hung out a lot, but he knows how much I respect him, and he's helped me. He really was my support system, along with John Taylor, when that thing went down, because as much as I wanted to go, I still felt bad leaving w, WCW, or not, not yeah, at that time, WCW. But You're saying in 91? Yeah, the Jim Hurd and all that, but, I mean, Jim Jim knew it. He said, God, go, 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 and, uh, and it was the right decision. I was when I got there, and I had a ball, and right back to being who I was, with as self-confidence issues, huge, which I used to, when I go to, I used to go to Jim Corner, I'd say, what do you think, Jim? He'd say, what do you mean, what do you think? <laughs> what do you ask me? I mean, it was good. Don't ask me again. I mean, that, that well, was Well, you, you know what? Here, here's the thing. That's when, that that's the summer that you called me and said, what about come up here and manage me and be the colonel? Be the colonel, colonel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dougie Curdle, Jim Cornette. Yeah, and that's I what I was setting up Smoky Mountain. And I said, how about I get Rick Rubin to give you 250 grand to make 20 appearances and just stay home? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that you're talking about when you came to WWE, you mean, right? Um, well, that's when you went to WCW first, then you left. When you yeah. went up there, uh, that's what I was setting up Knoxville. Yeah, no, I wanted was, you to come up and manage me because he didn't, he didn't refuse to travel with me anymore. <laughs> Henning had a lawsuit going. I wonder why. Uh-huh. I wonder why he refused <laughs> to travel with you. I think he calls you the Larry Flint of professional he did, wrestling. Yeah. Well, he actually, Larry, we're talking to the Larry Flint of professional wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Conrad, Conrad, when I was on the road with... with Rick and Kevin Sullivan, when I, Rick put me on the booking committee in WCW, it was the over-under was three as to how many of the airline stewardesses would come back to the hotel with us after the flight to <laughs> join in the booking meeting. Wow. Wow. Oh, you know, Jim, you probably have heard just through the through the uh, grapevine that I've had some marital differences in the last couple of years. <laughs> 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 Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know why that ever around. came about, but yeah, 
I'm uh, actually 0 for 4 right now, Jim, but that's okay. It's uh, <laughs> You probably could have forecasted that back in the day. <laughs> 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 well, but regardless of, of which, I I, uh, I I salute you, sir, for 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 going back in there and not not quitting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's not going to happen again. Just so you know, I'm I'm under <laughs> oath to Vince, Stephanie, Hunter, all my kids, <laughs> and Conrad here. And by the way, Conrad's not getting married either. <laughs> I'm trying to show him that a man with means. Which, as you know, Conrad is does oh, not need to have a woman <laughs> with <laughs> that automatically gets fifty percent of your dough. I mean, that's just the way these lawyers are. So why would I a man at thirty-four years of old making a million dollars a month want to give half of anything away, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, as Kevin Nash would say, half of a lot's a lot. <laughs> is, I, I take it there. There's not a huge female uh, listening demographic listening to Who Nation right now. Yeah, no, we if don't there care. Were, if there were, yeah. there aren't anymore. Yeah. We don't you care. Might, Listen, you, you I've been cleared by your lawyer. You I, might have hey, to work on that. Well, and I've, I, I've loved them all, and some have stayed, and some have gone. But I, I certainly have not <laughs> been unfair to the female population. Good lord, as you know. <laughs> So they can't be mad at me. <laughs> the ones that yeah, are can I, I stop by and write and live the legend in the next couple of days. <laughs> I, I would have to testify that the female population has been significantly enriched as a whole by the life of Ric Flair. <laughs> Thank you. That's how I feel about yeah, it. Yeah, some got houses, yeah. some got robes. Yeah, some got <laughs> yeah, houses, cars, robes, jewelry, whatever, right? Good Lord. So anyway, let's talk about something positive, okay? We can discuss my marital life forever. It's very entertaining. But um, let's go back to you, Jim. And I, I tell Conrad this because I didn't see it. But go back. One of my favorite moments. Tell me. The, give me the history on that promo. Because I said to Conrad last night, we were talking about our podcast with you today. I said the promo that he cut on Raw about uh, the Scott Hall. NWO. Yeah. When they were at WCW, it was one of the greatest promos I ever heard in my life. Do you remember that, Jim? Well, actually, and it, and it, it set off a whole big thing, and people are still watching it on, on YouTube today, thanks uh -huh. to the, the Internet. But what happened was... Uh, yeah, how did that come about? Done, I, don't, I don't even remember how it came about. Well, I, they had just done the parody of you guys, the flair for the old and yes, the, the yes, skull gotcha. cap for yeah. Arn and the whole nine yards. And, I, you know, I was up there in Stanford. Yeah. And Kevin Kelly, uh, the announcer, who you remember, yep. uh, calls me up one day and says, we got a thing called Bite This on our website. I said, what is it? It's an audio program. Well, this is 1997. Nobody's listening to audio on the Internet, right? Mm -hmm. They said, we just talk about stuff. You want to come on? Okay. Well, they asked a question about that, and I gave my true opinion about the fact of the matter. <laughs> and it wasn't complimentary to the NWO or Hogan. Well, the next day, or a day or two later, Vince calls me at home in Stam and and he says, what did you say on Bite This? And I'm like, oh, my God. You know, they, they told me I could say anything. I wanted nobody was listening. Yeah. <laughs> <He> said, <laughs> no. 
He said more feedback on that program, such as it was on the Internet, than everything we've ever done put together. So we want you to say the same thing on Raw. Yeah, that's what, what I, I knew you said it on Raw. Okay, I got that right. Okay. Yeah. They, I said, do you want me to say this on Raw? Oh, yeah, because they was the Monday Night Wars, and they were trying yeah. anything to come up with something, right? Yeah. And so I had to call his attorney, uh, McDivitt, first to make sure that what I said was not libelous or actionable in any way. <laughs> yeah. And then I said it again. Yeah, by the way, don't screw with Jerry McDivitt. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. Yeah, he said, he said, no, he said, we can't be sued for any of that. Uh, so go ahead. And that's, yeah. <laughs> that's how that came about. Well, what was the promo? Tell me. Oh, my God. Well, that was the, basically, I... I took uh, the NWO to task for being a bunch of prima donnas that had soaked the wrestling business and the promoters for a ton of money that they hadn't drawn on guaranteed contracts while making mockery of guys who'd given their blood, sweat, and tears to the wrestling profession and drawn huge crowds all over it. And I ended up with the famous phrase, Hulk Hogan may be a household word, but so is garbage, and it sinks when it gets old, too. <laughs> Oh, wow. And, uh, it got quite a stir. You <laughs> think? <laughs> wow. What did, now, when you, after you, after you, Jesus, I didn't, I don't remember that, but what did you, uh, what did Vince say when you came back to Gorilla after that one? Um, well, just to make sure they didn't have me do it live. Because just okay. to make sure that I didn't, and sometimes you, you I get going too far. Yeah. And I may have said something that I didn't clear with the lawyer. So they put it on tape. They played it on the screen, and it got a nice little pop. <laughs> <laughs> but it did air on Raw eventually. Oh, yeah. yeah it aired on Raw that, yeah, that night. It was okay. just a pre-taped interview. What did Vince say? Was he happy with it? He, he liked it. They had me start doing more of them. But the thing is, since it was me telling the truth, I was able to get away with knocking both companies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I could take up for people that, you know, I genuinely thought were uh, deserving of same and get a few knocks in. But then they started wanting to, well, why don't you say this? And that didn't work because that wasn't what I really thought. So I, yeah. I kind of did the thing where I would duck down in the back in production meetings. And after a few weeks, they forgot about it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, the best. Let's go back uh, even before 1997, Jim. When was the first time you actually worked with Rick? Do you remember meeting Rick or your first working experience? Oh my God, with him? yes, 1984 in in Louisiana for Mid South. Well, actually, the no, first talk, time it, I ever met it was him was Tulsa. He, Right, Jim? Well, it, 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 the first time I ever met you, you don't remember because it was in Memphis when you did the match with Lawler at the oh, Channel right. Studio, and I was the photographer. That's right. That's right. I forgot that. Yep. But I but, came, um, I helped, uh, I was wrestling, Bill brought me in, and I was the only NW champion that Bill ever used, and I walked in one night, and I got there a little bit late, and they were having a full-scale riot at the fairgrounds in Tulsa, Oklahoma, the Midnight <laughs> Express, against rock and roll there too, right, Jim? Yep, yeah. I mean, and, and I mean, there that place was insanity, and I mean, Jim was right there swinging that tennis racket, like... They, you know, the cops back there don't care. The old right. was a little different. Plus, the times have changed. But those guys had more heat every night. I mean, you guys sold out everywhere, right, Jim? Well, in Tulsa, we actually had so many riots, so many shows in a row that they sent the Internal Affairs Department to investigate police brutality against the fans because one of them that they nightsticked was wow. a highway patrolman's son. Yeah, oh, wow. Um, and they ended up, we got the, the city police kicked out of doing the security at the wrestling matches. They, they brought in the county sheriff's department, and the first, uh, first show they did that 
was a sold-out show at the fairgrounds, and one of the sheriffs got horse-collared by a folding chair that a fan swung at Nikolai Volkov on his way to the ring. <laughs> so they were knocking out the cops with chairs. Yeah. No, I know it was that. I said to myself, I've seen a lot of stuff over the years, you know. Because um, yeah. the South can be rowdy, too, but that that Oklahoma, that... Uh, they were at the fairgrounds, and was that, that was a really a tough crowd to get through, and it, it was laid out wrong because it was hard to get with the. It, it was first of all, it was, a, it was like a dirt with a dirt floor, right, Jim? Well, it, it was a rodeo building, so the floor was exceptionally big, and said whether yeah. they had the dirt or just the cattle chute or whatever. Yeah, it was so big, and you had to make the right turns. Didn't you love it when you'd have to go through floor seating and make a nice? Yeah, right yeah exactly. That's what I'm saying. It was just really <laughs> difficult to get it out of. So. Yeah. It reminded me. I never. I only worked there a couple of times, but it reminded me of the old yeah. R- Richmond Fairgrounds. Okay. Where or, where Orton, uh, where the big old Bob uh, Bob Senior, uh, not Bobby Junior Senior, but Bob the big old, mm-hmm. and uh, Dean Malenko's uh, dad, um, Boris, or uh, great Malenko, uh, got stabbed and hit with a baseball bat. It was terrible wow. Rest, wrestling. Uh, George and Sandy Scott. You probably heard that story, right, Jim? And yeah. Homer Odell came out shooting his guns in the air and all that. It was, but anyway, Richmond was very similar to that. People you, just, you, you know what, Rick? Now, you've just run off and left every wrestler under 30 because their, their scariest part about returning to the locker room from the ring is whether Vince is going to yell at them on the, when they get back, right? Yeah, I know. And, yeah, yeah. And know. it used to be when you went to the ring, you would plan – your exit, just in case shit got hairy, exactly, okay, I remember, I got to go through here, this is going to look bad, is there a shortcut? Yeah. No, I know, it was a, a different time, you know, And I, but you know, I got to, I got to, in all fairness, I just got to say that I'm, I'm actually happy for the guys. You know, they didn't live the times and they didn't experience what we did, but it's a much safer environment and they, <laughs> and, and, and Vince pays the bills, the medical bills now and, you know, I mean, I mean, I well, think- you know, there, there's one part about today's wrestling that's more dangerous than it was in our day, and that's Twitter and a camera on every phone oh, and gosh. social media. Oh, exactly. If we'd had cell phones, would anybody have been married longer than three weeks? No, Jim. If we had, if they had cell phones, I wouldn't have not only been married, I'd been in jail. You'd be a 16-time world marrier. But no, no, not even, not even married. No, just, he'd, you know. he'd be independent. We would all been able to be convicted of something. Yeah, for sure. I don't know what in each specific case, but every wrestler in the world would have gone to prison with evidence that is able to be procured today by just what people are walking around with in their pocket <laughs> <laughs> yeah jim we clearly uh we got out and the time was right <laughs> yeah hey we, we said before we went on the air we said we were going to tell one story it, it, it my stories with you always involved me trying to get you to leave somewhere i know exactly <laughs> Either either try to get you to leave WCW and come work for Smoky Mountain, or try to get you to go to the WWE, or try to get you to leave there, come by, or whatever. But in in 1997, this was my favorite when you were in the car circling the Greensboro Coliseum yeah. <laughs> on on the WWF pay per view night, and and the events was uh, I was on the phone with you, and and the lawyer was on the phone with you, and we couldn't get the lawyer to agree to let you come inside the building. Yeah, that was it because I was going to what they were going to wow. do, and it was Jim's idea. It went to Vince. I was going to come and sit down and bring my son Reed, right, who had just won the AU Nationals. And Jim Ross was going to get up and say, I was going to sit in the front row, right? And Jim Ross was going to say, correct me if I'm wrong, Jim, this is if I remember right. 
So ladies and gentlemen, tonight we are we're we have with us a special guest, a champion. Yeah. Uh, you know, great you, wrestling champion. Uh, what's that? A great wrestling a champion. A great wrestling champion, and we're gonna walk over and congratulate Reed. That's so awesome. he was he was all excited about sure. doing that. Yeah. No, it's a very, and it's the, a very the shock cool. was gonna be because at the time Rick was was with WCW, but that was one of those uh, they weren't paying me. Remember, I, I went. I sat a year without a paycheck. Because the minute I yeah. cashed a paycheck, that recognized the fact that I had a contract. It right. Was the business. And, and basically, I wanted that shot to be everybody in the obviously in the Greensboro Coliseum when he came in and sat down in the front row during the first match. The people would have blown sky high. Absolutely. And then for Jim Ross say, "We have a great wrestling champion in the front row. We'd like to congratulate and go over and interview Reed." And Rick's just sitting there and never says a word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was the greatest appearance of all time. Yeah. No, I would have. Died for that moment, but and, they and who just, poo-pooed it? Who shot that down? Uh, uh, Jerry McDivitt and John Taylor. Okay, but there, there's always attorneys involved. Yeah, well, at that point, it was like um, it'd be like, I, it's what happened is they kept paying me, and I didn't have a contract, right? Right. But if I cashed a check, I went a whole, I went like eleven months without cashing a check. Okay, um, that's before I was married. I was only married twice, and so I had enough money in reserve. <laughs> <laughs> right now, I got to borrow five to pay the uh, coat check girl to get out of the, out of CBS today from Conrad. <laughs> <laughs> no, things are good to be honest with you. I'm doing great, but um, no, it, it's just one of those deals because I was dying to do it. Right, I want right. to stick it up their butt. But the other side of the story too is Jim, is Arn and all those guys wanted me to come back at WCW. I was already torn. Does that make sense? Yeah. So do no, I, I go up there? And, believe me. Huh? I understand. Believe yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my that's... friends were there. I mean, I had friends at, at WWE too, but my friends were there. So I, you know, I just, you know, actually, John Taylor gave me good advice, which my other attorney hated. He said, "Hey, you can sit home," because I would have gotten rich. So I, I sued them back, as you know, right? Mm -hmm. And. Uh, because, uh, as Jim will tell you, uh, Bischoff got up at a meeting in front of 75 people and said, I'm going to break Ric Flair, you know, break his family and teach him and all that, I mean, which a, a vice president of a company like that can't do. Right. So I would have gotten rich beyond belief, but I probably waited five years to get the money. Um, you know, but everybody that sues Turner got paid, correct, Jim? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think Howie, the mailroom guy, uh, is living yeah. in the Bahamas now because yeah. of a, a lawsuit against Turner. Yeah, how about Sonny Ono? Yeah, Hardbody Harrison, that? all those guys. Yeah, all those that. guys. Sonny Ono sued him, the guy that would, the, the, the car dealer from Iowa, Eric's best friend, Turner oh, yeah. rolled on and, Iowa. Well, and uh, what about the, uh, the the guy that uh, is now ser serving life in prison for sexual slavery? Yeah. Hardbody Harrison. He, oh, they, I know. They, yeah, they sued him basically saying that they were they were uh, basically appeared to be uh, or presented as racial stereotypes and oh, or ineffective and yeah. et cetera, et cetera. And that was everybody on the roster in WCW. They were all presented as ineffective. <laughs> 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 so <laughs> they, they, WCW should have sued all of them for impersonating wrestling personalities. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> so, Jim, when did you first come to uh, the Mid-Atlantic area and work for the Crockett's, and how did that all come about? I recall well, it, man. In large part due to Nate, because uh, he had seen us, uh, me and the Midnight Express in, in uh, Louisiana, obviously, as he just said, and then we went to Dallas because we wanted to come to the Carolinas then, but 
Watts wanted us to go to Dallas because he was going to trade talent with Fritz, and then they got mad at each other, and, and Watts would be running the Superdome, and we'd be in the rodeo arena in Brownsville, Texas. But uh, uh, Ricky <laughs> put a, a good word in for us, and, and you know, had sold us on coming. Dennis Convery always wanted to come anyway because he had – he had seen the Carolina territory years before when he just was like a rookie referee in the business. And uh, he always wanted to go and had told us how great it was. And and then when Dusty came in and, and worked with us uh, in Louisiana for Watts, uh, you know, we, we were fortunate because we had Rick and Dusty both on our side. So it's like Crockett couldn't say no. Yeah, well, why would he? I mean, that's got, and then when, on top of that, when they came, then came the rock and roll. Right. But they brought not only a, a phenomenal tag team, and, they, and the heels are always. And I mean, I'm not, I'm not. This is not against anybody that's been a Bayface, but heels make the business roll. Yes, that's just the way it is. So if you got some great heels, you can find Bayfaces, but they got a great Bayface team and Ricky and Robert too, the Rock right. and Roll Express. But if they hadn't come, Jim and. Uh, and uh, Midnight Express, Bobby and Dennis could have found somebody else to work with. So, but it worked out great. We we we, we would have only we would have only done really good instead of great. <laughs> <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by Car Shield, who makes it easy and affordable to protect my car from expensive repairs. And that's just for starters. Car Shield is the number one auto protection company in the U.S. and offers protection plans for around a hundred bucks a month. The plans cover more parts than ever before, whether your car has 5,000 miles or 150,000 miles. And let me tell you how simple it is to get your car fixed. When you need a repair, you choose the mechanic and car shields administrators handle the rest. That's it. You don't have to deal with the paperwork or headaches you're taking care of. Same goes if your car breaks down and you're stuck on the side of the road. Plans through CarShield also include coast-to-coast roadside assistance. CarShield administrators are there for you with rental car options and trip reimbursement at no extra cost, too. Get coverage today, and you'll lock in your price now, and it will never go up. That means as long as you own your car, no matter how old it is, you're protected from the rising cost of parts and repairs for your vehicle. CarShield helps protect my wallet from expensive car repairs, and they'll do the same for you. Go to carshield.com slash podcast to start your plan and lock in your pricing forever. That's carshield.com slash podcast. A deductible may apply. And and then one day, of course, the famous story, Jim, that everybody wants to hear, and, I, and we talked about it on our ride over today, Rick and I, one day all of a sudden, Dennis Condry's not there. Uh, w- w- how do you remember that going down from your perspective, Rick? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's funny because I saw Dennis about six months ago, and I asked. I was with him and Bobby in San Diego, and I hadn't seen Dennis since the day he left. And I don't know what happened. I think, you know, I don't know whether he got exhausted because the schedule was ridiculous. Um, and I don't know whether he just said, you know, screw this. You know, I can find something else to do. He lives with, in Huntsville with you. Yeah, right down the road yeah. from me, yeah. Well, I, I, I can tell you this. Um I, I know what it is. I know what it was. It, it was something not really related to wrestling, but Dennis needed to. to get, that schedule would kill anybody, right? Yeah. But when when we saw him again, fifteen years later, <laughs> he, he told us, and and we both said, you know what, <laughs> we agree with you. And he said, the only thing is, I should have t- told y'all first. And we said, yeah, we agree with that too. But what happened was, so he actually night, he actually never we, did tell you or Bobby at all, huh? Of what he did, he did in 2004, but this was yeah. 1987. <laughs> <Okay>. So, 
Um, what happened was he dropped us off. We were in like Wadesboro, North Carolina for a spot show one night. And the next morning we were going to the airport and going to fly to California. We were in Los Angeles. And he dropped uh, me and Bobby off and said, I'll see you all in the morning. And we didn't see him again for a year and a half. Uh, he he left town and moved to Denver. He uh, he split up with the wife he was with and ended up uh, meeting someone else out there. And, and his wife, Teresa, they've been married for, I think, geez, yeah, I, uh, years. Usually something like that is drama. I, I assumed, I, I had heard that, too, that it was marital drama, which can cause, you know, all kinds of problems for a guy that... Uh, when you travel and work like we do, sure. and so, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I, I had a great talk with him. I saw him. See, it always comes back to, to marriage with Rick. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> well, I just know because the minute you say yes to him once, they think you own you until so you can't say yes. And you, <laughs> anyway, you know, you but, know yeah, the motto, the, Jim, the, right? The motto is. And the and the thing was. Uh, then we saw him, uh, we got the, the original Midnight, he and Randy Rose, and, and Paulie, your favorite manager, Paulie Danger Heyman, yeah. um, uh, to come in and work with us. And, and then they, that's when they sold the company and switched to Bookers and split their team up, and Dennis uh, double-ribbed them by no show in the pay-per-view. And, and that was it, really. He never worked for them again. Yeah. Well, what? Um, so um, continuing on with that story, I know how you got how Stan came into it. Do you, do you keep up with Stan now? Uh, yes. Uh, when, when we can get him out of the house, he never makes any wrestling appearances anymore. You finally he finally got married, came, right? Uh, he got married finally uh, uh, at the advanced age of. I'm not allowed to give Stan's age, yeah. but he still looks way too good for it because he's yep. got the genes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's married. He's doing. Uh, uh, boat racing uh, announcing. That's what I thought. He's still doing that, right? Production. Okay. Well, good. Uh, so he only works eight months out of the year on weekends in warm weather with girls in bikinis. Is he in Greensboro now? Still? Uh, yeah, he he still lives in Greensboro. Yep. Or out in the suburbs of same. Yeah. Do, do I and, dare uh, ask? Do I dare ask? I was going to ask about him. Your mother is still living, I assume. No, she passed away in two thousand two. Oh, Jim, I'm so sorry. I was going to just say. Um, because I was going to ask about uh, um, Stan Lane was very close to his mom and dad. He just he just stayed home. But um, your mother yeah, well, was lovely. And as a matter of fact, uh, Stan's mother is his father passed away a couple of years ago. He was ninety two, but Stan's wow. mother's ninety four, and she's still uh, healthy. Oh wow! Well, I'm going back to your mother, who I got I was around a lot. She came to the matches when Jim was when we were in her vicinity, and so lovely, so stoic. And so unlike you, <laughs> she actually was a lady of of of, of tremendous. Um, it's hard to describe. She would just carry herself like, uh, you know, like Barbara Bush. Was a classy sense? individual. Classy. No, no, very classy. Well, I'm saying, you know, you. and no, I, 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 I would talk to her. I would talk to her, and I would look at her because she was real philosophical and all that. And I would say. I would think to myself, how did you father this guy? I right. Mean, who, are you sure this is your gimmick? I mean, I mean, she was she was so different than Jim, like my mom and dad. But right. I'm adopted. In all fairness, <laughs> they, you can't blame my mom and dad. That was just they they inherited me. They didn't adopt me. <laughs> and once they took me, they couldn't give me back. <laughs> how do we get rid of Richard? <laughs> We're stuck with him, Kay. <laughs>
Oh my God! Well, with with, with my mom, it, it 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 worked out well because she had uh, she gave passed on certain of her good traits to me, yes. and then the the bad traits I, I picked up from you know running around with the wrong element on the road. Yeah, but Jim, you know, there's one, <laughs> there's, there's nothing wrong with a trait that you have that. Uh, you know, sometimes I wish we all had. I wish I had spoken up on sometimes I didn't. You're never afraid to say what you're thinking. You're always honest. You know, and I, there are I, times, uh, there are times you just want to go, you know, what the hell? I mean, you think back on the decisions you could have made. Right. Just what I would have said. My problem was as a world champion, I'm, I'm the only world champion that said yes all the time when I should have said no. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I was getting bombarded by the Von Erichs. Bob Geiger was the weakest president of the NWA of all time. I mean, what do you want to do to him? I mean, what do you, you tell them what to do, Bob. That's what Sam did, you know what I mean? Right. I get to the town, it's a Broadway or I win, right? No, no, Bob would say, what do you want to do? But Fritz von Erich wants to, but you know, if they put me in a bad spot all the time, Bob did, you know what I mean? So it just became a, a nightmare. But um, with, with Jim, Jim. What do you if, if, if you can tell uh, the UPS guys just come to the front door because my my watch Pomeranian, my guard Pomeranian is about to attack. Well, you know, I, I didn't know that that was a dog or one of the girls. <laughs> 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 I never know you might have it hanging upside down there. <laughs> In a crucifix. Well, no, I, I put the I put the gag on them to make sure they can't make any noise. <laughs> so a few shows ago, Rick, you made a joke that, uh, and I don't know if this is real or you're just ribbing or what. Jim never allowed the maid service at the hotel to come into the room. Never. He was like Piper. He had somebody tied up. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? I tell you what. No, just, just kidding, Roddy. <laughs> No, well, and in some cases, that maybe actually that would have been more in the nighttime hours. The maids wouldn't have been coming by. But no, see, the thing is, I never lost any of my freak. stuff on the road. He was I a don't like. I've, I'm an only child, and I've got the OCD, so I don't like people messing around with my stuff. The first thing I do when I go into a hotel room is I take everything that reminds me it's a hotel room. I throw it in a drawer. <laughs> the little cards and the gimmicks and the advertisements and everything, everything in a drawer. And then I shui the room, you know, the feng shui the way I want it, lay my toiletries out right, and I don't want anybody in that space until I leave it. Yeah, you also don't like girls. You try to remove everything that mentioned has a name of where she's at in the room. Well, so when they wake up in the morning... <laughs> They can't, they can't look around anything. and identify anything. And have to... Yeah, and I wipe the thing down for fingerprints. Yeah, and I exactly. Leave the yeah. Also. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Let's just get right to it, okay? Good Lord. <laughs> Dandy done. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, hey, you need to follow Jim Cornette on Twitter if you haven't already. He's a great follow. He is at the Jim Cornette. And if you haven't picked up his books, you should certainly check them out. My favorite is the 25th anniversary of Midnight Express and Jim Cornette. And you can check that out at jimcornette.com. And as always, you can check him out on MLW Radio, Radio, the Jim Cornette Experience. Did I do an adequate job plugging some stuff there for you, sir? You, you did okay, Conrad. You got a future. If you, if you just listen to us and, and train under us, sit under the learning tree, I think you'll be fine. You got the perfect face for radio already. <laughs> hey, hey uh, one of my favorite stories, too, is the time that Nikita was giving uh, Jim some crap, you know? And he always liked to bully Jim a little bit. So we were in a dugout in Cincinnati. Remember that when I had to light up Nikita? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Jesus. 
So what happened there? What was the deal? Uh, he was he, like, you know, it's one. It's a one guy that wasn't tough at all. You know, but the he key, thought he you're was saying, tough. yeah, the gas tub tadpole. Um, and he was, you know, healing on Jim and all that. Man, here's a guy that couldn't carry in anything in regards to Jim Cornette in terms of wrestling skill, knowledge, or anything, right? Right. But he was healing on him, and I and Jim, I, I said something to him, nothing major, but just you know, like you know, figure it out. And you know, Jim came up and thanked me, and I, I thought, well, for what? I mean, I, that that's not tolerated. I mean, there's you just don't do that. And right. I, it goes on to this day, not as bad as it used to, because. Vince won't allow it, but um. well, I, I think uh, I think Nikita also his problem was he was he he had he was prone to fits of anger for reasons that we were yet to discover. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. Well, he got a tremendous push, you know, with with the limited ability. I mean, he they, I mean, Dusty created that dungeon and had him down there lifting weights, and and, and he he lived it. One thing that Nick did is he lived. Uh, he, he lived his gimmick. He right. didn't talk Oh, well, English. remember when he was on the, the Crockett's plane with only the boys? He yeah. still used the accent. And one time, Arn said, GQ ball, it's just us boys. We know you're Scott Simpson from Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Minnesota. <laughs> hey, 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 GQ ball. Yeah, that's right. Arn called him GQ ball. <laughs> oh, God, we can laugh about it. Wow. Well, Jesus. Um, yeah. So, Jim, um, another one of the greatest memories is happened in Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> Do I need to remind you of what that night was? Oh, God, the scaffold. Yeah, the scaffold. <laughs> big, big Bubba. Hey, big, I'll tell you big what. Bubba, it, big Bubba, for reasons unknown, missed Jim by five feet. And Jim it, looked at him and said, you He lost dumbass. me in the lights, is what he did. What? He lost me in the lights. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought so of saying I've, that I've before. I've told the story before, but when, when we went in, Dusty gave us the finish. He said... Yeah. And the thing is, make the make the people believe that the mid, uh, forget that the Midnight Express lost the match, baby. You're gonna you're gonna get chased up the scaffold, and you're hanging there from the scaffold because the road was trapped. You got nowhere to go. And there's the Midnight Express and Big Bubba Rogers, biggest man in the world. They're gonna be down in the ring underneath you, and you just kick your feet up, baby. Just kick your feet up, and they'll catch you like they catch the girl cheerleaders at the football game. <laughs> And we got to the Omni and looked at that scaffold, and I, there was, I said, I'll kill all of us. The University of Alabama football team could have caught me coming off that scaffold like that. I know. I know. It was, you, you looked up and said, you dumb son of a bitch. So it, it was a, it was a rushed me. plan B uh, with... Uh, <laughs> With the Bubba trying to kind of break my fall a little bit, and then he said, "He said, Jimmy, you fell so fast." <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy, you fell so fast. Oh Jesus! Oh my God! Of course, Dusty Roads is still in our hearts and minds. Do you have any good Dusty Roads stories that incorporate Rick that you could share with us today, Jim? Oh God! Well, I'll tell you what. Um, there was one night in St. Louis. Uh, we had finished wrestling, me and the Midnight Express, and the main event was. Rick and Dusty for the NWA title, and this was very early when we when we were going to St. Louis for Crockett, so like late '85, early '86, and the fans were still somewhat rowdy there. And it was at the Rick, you'll remember maybe at the Checker Dome at the yeah, arena. Yeah, we always, the, we, 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 we couldn't get in the keel then. And basically, me and the Midnighter standing back this long aisleway. It was a long way to the ring, and we're watching the match. And and Tommy Young, the referee, gets bumped. 
and somehow Rick manages to get Dusty in the figure four. And here we're standing in front of the, the cops that are supposed to be working security, and they're standing there talking to each other 100 yards from the ring, and this fan comes in the ring and starts wailing on Rick. And I looked at the cops, I said, don't you think you should get the fan out of the ring? And they looked, oh, geez, and they charged and hit the ring. By then it was too late. But yeah, just watching Rick and Dusty work uh, all those shows in 86 when it was the hottest match you know that that we had in terms of box office, we were always right underneath, so we could we could run back and and watch the thing, and they always had heat. I mean, Dusty had been sometimes out of the ring too, as you know. But yeah, we all went um, through that. But that's but Dusty, he was just he was he was bigger than everybody else mm-hmm. as a personality. His his everything he did seemed like it was more important. He just had that charisma about him. Yeah, and the thing too that I you know we talk about because. I actually was fortunate enough to be with him the day before he died. Uh, well, he passed away on Thursday. I was with him on Tuesday, on Monday. So, yeah. But he went in the hospital Wednesday morning. So, um, um, is it while Dusty was working? Right, he used to call. It, you know, we were all working the same schedule. I mean, Dusty was wrestling every night. Everything else, but Dusty at the same time was thinking. Right. Does that make sense? He was booking, and I mean, and it, like, and and then it, while he was going to be going on last and making a blade as big as anybody, right, ready to do anything, he had he booked it, and I mean, I I would have never had the patience to even think like that. I mean, oh, it, it, you know, to keep that road schedule, yeah, to do the main event matches and the promos and the TVs, and then to be booking the whole thing and 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 responsible for laying out everybody else's stuff, it just it's incredible. Yeah, so I'm saying, I mean, it's like he, we all, we all got in the car, we, you know, we bitched on the way to the town, we got drunk and on the way back and bitched or laughed and had a good time, but we were all making a lot of money, and, uh, you know, we didn't have to be in the office in the morning to be thinking things out, and we were always thinking for ourselves and complaining and that, but here was the dream down there, and he, he would say, I'm geniusing. <laughs> I'm genius. Yeah, being all genius. Yeah. <laughs> say, say it like that, Jim. Be, being all genius. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, tell me, what's your schedule like? Well, like I say, uh, uh, I'm taking a couple of months off, hopefully from the road, because I've got a new book coming out uh, mm-hmm. in the next couple of months. It's in layouts and, and cover design and everything, which is a. a pretty much comprehensive history of Louisville wrestling. Yeah. And it's going to have a bunch of stuff in print that has never been in print before. Uh, then, uh, uh, otherwise than that, my weekly podcast, I'm doing yard work now, Nate. It's amazing. I'm doing yard work. I'm trying to keep healthy. Oh, you are? <laughs> now, are, you, are you still in the same house? You have a beautiful home. Uh, yeah, as a matter of fact, uh, I'm in Castle Cornet here. I've been back since my mom passed away for uh, 11 years now and still working on the yard. Yeah, gee, uh, Jim, but, I feel uh, bad. I didn't mean to bring that up. I, I felt like I knew her so well, and then you lose track of somebody, you know, for a number of years, and you don't. Yeah, she was a really a, a wonderful person. I'm so I'm so sorry that I brought that up like oh, that. Oh no, no worries, no worries. But that's you know that's why I'm staying around the house a little more this fall. The book, the podcast. Coming up with some new merchandise and uh, doing some new columns and enjoying the the new Pomeranian, who's named Harley, but it's after Harley Quinn, not Harley Race. Yeah, we. Hey, I saw Harley last night. Uh, he he came to Raw in St. Louis, and uh, boys, that's some major health issues, Jim. Jesus, unreal. It's not. It's uh, it's sad to see. He, he's still 
he he's got it upstairs, but physically he is just he's really in bad shape. I I feel terrible seeing him like that. But you know what? For a guy who's been in near fatal car wrecks, yeah. uh, boat wrecks, uh, wrestled yep. at a high level and took incredible bumps for thirty years. Mm-hmm. He's still probably in better shape than he should be. Well, he's in, he's in a wheelchair, Jim, and his right leg he can't feel from the knee down. So it just oh. he's just tough. He's just you know Harley. Harley's one of those guys that's like Jack Mulligan, just too tough to go down. You know what I mean? Right. Because he doesn't he just doesn't look good. But he you know he he has he finds humor and he can talk and laugh and that's a good thing. I'm I'm gonna go out there and do a show for him at end of August. And I said you got a hotel with a bar? He said no. But, the hotel, there's a bar two blocks down. It actually there's four bars. I said, that's all I need, Harley. <laughs> he said, his girlfriend said, we can take you to the to the casino. I said, no, nah, I don't do casinos. I don't do well in those. But you got a bar, I'm coming. <laughs> so anyway, he's, he's got a, a little promotion there. He's not Eldon anymore. He's in... Um, He's in closer to St. Louis, but he's doing yeah, good. Yeah, I, I heard he moved closer to St. Louis. Yeah, he did. So i um, going to go out there for two days, the 28th and 29th, and help him get that thing going. And uh, the, the the theme of the show is the Night of Champions. So, um, you know, I'd do anything for Harley Race. He certainly did enough for me in my career. So, anyway, God, it's just to see all these guys. I guess the direction I was going is seeing all these guys getting sick and, you know, it just... The thing with Dusty really caught. I knew he would have been sick, and I he lost eighty pounds, but it just came out of nowhere, you know. And now, yeah, Jack, I was hoping that he had lost the weight as a preventative measure instead of anything, you know, health no, the, related. The, the, the weight loss was as a result of the medication he was on. Oh, yeah, and then he had just gotten Michelle. He had just gotten um, the word to go on new medication the following Monday. Wow. Which would have allowed him. You know, he was on a salt-free diet. He couldn't eat, drink, nothing, you know. And uh, he, they, they finally got it under control. Diet was going to be changed. He could start being normal again and gain some weight back. And bingo, it happened. So, And Jack Mulligan is in terrible shape, uh, Jim. 400 pounds. Oh, Lord. Yeah, and he just had a stroke uh, while undergoing brain surgery. So it's just, God, scary. Well, hell, my cholesterol's down. There's some uh, good news. You know, I'm news. thankful for good news. <laughs> yeah, how can that possibly be? <laughs> hey, Nate, I'm, I'm taking better care of myself. I'm, I'm, I'm sticking to my diet as much as possible. That's another reason I'm taking time off the road, because I've been slacking on my diet. But my doctor told me my cholesterol's down, my blood sugar's fine, my blood pressure's fine. He told me from this point on, if I take very good care of myself, eventually I'll get very sick and die. Well, okay. okay. I'm, glad that, I'm glad you didn't go with Sophia far as to say that you were exercising because no one would buy that well no well i, I do a little yard work it's oh, okay, okay. By, I by proxy. Like there, there's not a treadmill in the uh castle cornet in, in the castle cornet is there no i only run when people are chasing me <laughs> <laughs> and i bet you had a lot of village idiots chasing you back in wcw when did you first start booking mr cornet oh my god that's that's flair's fault uh he, he, no, it's he, not my he, fault. I, I, you know, I, everybody knows that it took me 13 years to get out of high school. Okay, <laughs> I'm the first to admit, right? Fifth year senior. So the only reason I took the job in the booking committee was just to find a place to hide because, brother, they weren't taking care of me. But I surrounded myself with people that were smart. <laughs> never going to say I, I was a hell of a hand in the ring, but I'm never going to tell everybody I was a genius. But I got Shorty, <laughs> I got Jim Cornette, and. <laughs> 
And I conned Mike Graham, who was really smart at one time. I don't know how Dundee ended up there. That was a joke. But um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, Greg Gagne. I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, no, but I mean. Don't sugarcoat it, Ray. But no, <laughs> what happened? What happened was Rick got the book, and also because it, it no, already Rick didn't heard get the book. To... Rick was hiding. Well, Rick was. was if I was the booker, was there never would have been dinglings. Okay. Heard <laughs> was starting to exert influence that was detrimental to business. So Rick said, "I'll have the book, please." And yes. then he got uh, me and Kevin Sullivan and etc. And but I got to learn from Kevin how to how to. Do paperwork and 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 Rick, you shortchange yourself because you were the definition of what a good booker was. You you set the direction. You knew from being a, a, an in ring performer, this guy should work a program with this guy. They no, can get I the most that, out Jim, of each I, other. I just didn't. I never appreciated the heat that goes along with that job. Because oh, that, you, yeah. You can't win. I mean, and then it's by committee. And, and and Eric and I just did that because I was ducking and dodging. You know, I mean, but, but it, you you picked the right people to work against each other in yeah. programs. You had a, a tremendous so. eye for your own. You let me and Kevin do paperwork, and and it it worked, and it was the highest ratings and and the best pay per view buy rates they had for the following six freaking years. So well, something you know was what? right. I'm actually gonna, you know, Jim. Thank you for reminding me of all that. I'd forgotten that. I'm going to send that on my resume to Vince for my third Hall of Fame ring. There you go. <laughs> what companies would you want to work for? Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the prestigious Just Capital 2024 seal. Bank of America is ranked number one in the banking industry and number one for their ongoing commitment to workers, offering best-in-class benefits, including a minimum wage of $25 an hour by 2025. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the Just Capital seal. Bank of America is ranked number one for ongoing commitment to their workers with initiatives like Sharing Success, which awarded 97% of their teammates additional compensation, nearly all in stock. This is the program's seventh consecutive year, awarding more than $4.8 billion in total. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Wu Wings, a virtual restaurant concept from the man himself, the nature boy, Ric Flair. Enjoy the legendary flavors and world championship wings by ordering with your Uber Eats or Postmates app. Woo Wings is now open in Nashville, San Antonio, Jacksonville, Florida, as well as Huntsville and Tuscaloosa in Alabama, with many more locations coming soon. Try the only chicken wings worthy of carrying the name of the 16-time world heavyweight champion. Tell them, Nate. Woo Wings, legendary flavors, world championship wings. Woo! Woo Wings. Yeah. Woo Woo. Hey, Rick Flair and Arn Anderson against uh, no, it was it was Tully and Arn and the Rock and Roll did a four point four on the Sunday show, yep. and you and Pillman did a four point oh on the Saturday show in the same weekend. They'd been doing twos four yeah. months before, and, and yeah. Arn still wouldn't leave you alone. Yeah, well, how about the time I go to him because I was dying to work with him as a single anyway. I go, let me have Bobby Eaton. No, he don't mean nothing. Let me express. We go into Knoxville. Remember that. Yeah, we went to Knoxville. Champions, huh? Wasn't that a Clash of the Champions? Clash of Champions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, me and Bobby, man. 
We we tore it down. We did a hell of a number on that. But, hey, no, but Heard said, why does Bobby Eaton get a title match? You drop him in out of a helicopter? <laughs> that was it, yeah. That was <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and remember, the, the the first one you did, you did a DQ because you didn't want to beat Bobby. And that's yeah. when he was like, well, yeah, our world champion can't even beat Bobby Eaton. So that then you had the rematch, and I came up with a finishing pitch to you where you beat up Stan, knocked me out with my own racket, and then beat Bobby one, two, three, and was standing there with all of our bodies laying in various places around the ring, and I said, is that a flat enough job for fucking Herd, right? Yeah. No, I know, but I mean, it, it, the Herd that's never had any, that was a gym I had forgotten. I, how did Bobby get it dropping out of a helicopter? I don't yeah. know. How, how did you get the Herd, you dumbass, and they bring you in a pizza truck and drop you in, <laughs> in the back of the building at CNN Center? <laughs> Jesus Christ, I'm going to roll you in with the garbage and took you up the elevator chute to the office? I don't know. What a moron. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tell everybody, I said, the guy said, how did Jim Ross do it? I said, Jim Ross kept him drunk. The only time you could tolerate her is Jim just kept the scotch going down his neck. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's the thing is Jim Ross had more patience than the rest of us. He we did. We just wanted to just choke him and be done with it. Yeah. JR would actually just placate him until he could get rid of him. That's what I'm saying. I mean, Jim Jim wrote it out, but Jim was, you know, he was as impulsive. We just, it just... A guy could just push your buttons, man. I was incredible the things he said to you. But who knows? He, hey, um, remember, remember when I hate to bring up detrimental things with Blackjack's current situation, but when when Blackjack and and his other son Kendall mm-hmm. went to jail for a brief period of time in Florida. They called me because Kendall was working for us, and, and I happened to be somewhere where they could reach me. They, Rick and Kevin, everybody was on the road. I said, well, take Kendall off the cards because he's in jail and put in so-and-so because he's not working, right? So this, it's an underneath match. It's, it's a major decision I've just made. And the next booking meeting, Heard says, and I'm sick and tired of all these card changes. And he points his stubby finger at me, and he says, I'm looking at you when I say that. I said, what are you talking about? Well, you just changed the cards. I said, the guy's in jail. What do you want me to do, bake him a cake with a file in it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, he was just, he was oblivious to everything. God, just, uh, you know, I, I really don't care what he thinks of me. I guess I've made that pretty clear. But he, he he made my life miserable, boy, I'll tell you. When I cut my hair and I walked to that airport and I cut my hair and nobody recognized me, I wanted to kill myself. Then he wanted to put a earring in my ear, remember, Jim? Oh, yeah, Spartacus. And, and call me Spartacus. Yeah, thanks, Jim. So, so, so Jim, were you in that hey. meeting when the earring is pitched? Do you oh, remember what that he sounded was. like? No, I, no, that's actually, I had already quit the committee by then, so I was not in that meeting because the way no, I quit No, no, actually committee. what happened is <laughs> Heard asked you to leave the room. <laughs> Jim was telling him off. He said, you can't talk to me like that. And Cornette said, you're right. I quit. Goodbye. And walked out the door. Oh. Yeah, it wasn't it was, like it he, was, he, it was bad. He didn't just resign casually, Jim, like that. <laughs> it was Jim, a production. Yeah, Jim had his words, and then he walked out the door. I quit. You quit the committee, not yeah. the promotion. Not the promotion. They couldn't, they couldn't lose Jim Cornette and the Midnight Express. No, I, 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 quit, I quit the committee in, in March. I quit the promotion, the, uh, I believe, in October. <laughs> <laughs> what was the story there? How Bobby, did that come about? I always about? used to tell Bobby Eaton, this is how I want to give my notice to Jim Hurd. I want to go in CNN Center. I want to go to his office. I want to shove the door open, and I want to fire three or four shots from a blank pistol at him, right? I said, that was how I was going to quit, because I knew I was going to quit a long time before I did. 
And Bobby finally said to me, he said, Corny, said all the stupid things that he's done to so many people and as many people as hate him, he may have a real one in his top desk drawer and start shooting back. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you may be right. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, uh, Jim, you keep up with Bill Watts at all? Uh, Yes, every so often. And I just saw him uh, last year down. They had a Mid-South Wrestling Fan Fest over WrestleMania weekend down at the St. Bernard Civic Center. Good. How's he doing? Good? Um, He uh, he looks great. Opinionated, outspoken, and uh, and walks tall. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I enjoyed when he when they inducted him in the Hall of Fame. I think it was in uh, was it Houston? I think I can't remember 2011. But I, I really enjoyed sitting and talking to him for a long time. Bill, Bill, I'm the first champion Bill ever brought in NWA. That's cool. And I wrestled an hour every night. The buildings were sold out. Not not because I was there, but the, the, their business was really good, and that was without Junkyard Dog. If he was gone, Duggan was gone. No, Duggan was there, still there, but JYD was gone, DBS was gone. It was midnight rock and roll. A couple of Von Erics came in and out. Um, Butch Reed. Um, I can't remember who all the gang was. Freebirds were there for a bit. Freebirds, right in and out. But um, yeah, well, they they had a model model regional territory there. It was just it was run perfectly as a regional territory should be run. But then then remember, Rick, another time you were on the road with me and Bobby Eaton and Stan Lane when we went back to the Mid South territory after Turner had just bought the company. It was like November December oh, of eighty yeah. eight, and. I got a Lincoln Town car, so you would agree to ride with us. <laughs> so, oh, thanks. <laughs> no, and and we went to all the old Mid South towns four years later, and they didn't, they couldn't uh, draw fifteen cents in Chinese money, unfortunately, at yeah. that point. We yeah, go well, to show you sometimes it's the promoter as much as the promotion. Yeah, well, Bill was a smart guy. I mean, he came up under Eddie Graham's tutelage, and. You know, Eddie was a genius. Everybody knows that. It's just that's another sad story. It just seems like so many of the guys that were so smart in the business, you know, just beat themselves up later on in life. But Bill, Bill survived, and he went through a, a tough divorce, but he came out of it. And Bill made a lot of money. The, the thing that were Bill, I don't know if he got it all, but when Bill sold what what, what, what there was nothing to sell to Crockett. For $33 million, right? These, is that the real number? Uh, $33 million is what Crockett's paid for the... Uh, isn't that correct, Jim? I don't know if it was that much. <laughs> okay. It was way high. How much do you think it was? Well, let's put it this way. I don't think he got all of it. Whatever it was supposed to be, he didn't get all of it. Yeah, I, first of all, that, I'm not documenting that. Right, just, right, that right. was the number I heard. But anyway, it was some ridiculous... If it was $5 million, It was too much. It was too much. I mean, there was nothing to buy. Right. But, you know, they went out and got it, and then we started running it. Like Jim said, it was nothing there. So, who knows? Um, yeah, I, But I, you I, know what you said is so true. All the guys, uh, most of the guys in the business for so long, for so many years, that were so smart and so successful, they end up beating themselves up. I, I'm glad that I'm deliriously happy still. <laughs> Apparently that means I wasn't very successful. <laughs> Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I can I can remain only moderately successful and and reasonably intelligent and be uh, just happy as a clam. Yeah, well, that's I, good. I don't want to be a genius and be miserable. Is there a, is there a woman under your tutelage as we speak? 
Yeah, well, she's not here right now, but yes, there is. You've, you, you've met her when you came okay, up here. Okay, I, I, I was, just, and, and, just, and I was, at, I was times, trying to be polite to ask him if it was the same young lady that Yes, the, the lovely you. and talented uh, Stacy that's uh, yeah. been the same one for 16 years. Well, that is unbelievable. She deserves a merit badge and more. <laughs> <laughs> Good Lord. She Jesus. has a, a, a degree in uh, in uh, abnormal psychology. Yeah, actually, you know, what they need to do at his place, is they need to get Mariska Hargi and film a, uh, a, a, law, a law and order crime scene uh, investigation in his house. <laughs> uh, there, there, there are certain, certain the holding rooms that I have that uh, built no, no, in the castle. Crime that, scene investigator. Was, yeah, CSI. CSI, yeah, CSI. Crime CSI scene. Louisville. Yeah, yeah, CSI Louisville. Let Mariska go around that house and wipe off the place for prints. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> How many animals do you have living in the house besides the chihuahua? <laughs> uh, no, no, just uh, just. Uh, Harley Quinn, the, the, the little palm. The, the I love you. Oh, man. Well, listen, we're going to let you go. Before we do, though, give us all the information on everything we need to know about Jim Cornette and Jim Cornette's collectibles. Well, once again, and, and the dog agrees with you. Once again, uh, thank you for having me. I appreciate you guys. Thank you for having me. I've enjoyed being had. I have been had many times. I always enjoy it. Uh, you can go to, you can that's, go to That's my, that's my for, problem, too, Jim. That's what I tell him. You can, okay, I can be had. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just so got to learn not to give my credit card. <laughs> anything that I do, uh, please listen to my weekly podcast, The Jim Cornette Experience, every week on MLWRadio.com. Read my books, buy my merchandise, come see me on my few and far between public appearances for the rest of the year, and, uh, and I hope to be back someday on Woo Nation. All right. Mr. Jim Cornette, thank you. I am so honored to have had this hour with you and caught up and we've laughed and that's, you know, my, I'm very strong on the, and I try to tell the kids today in wrestling because it's hard to get a smile out of them. They're so tense, but we <laughs> laughed and had fun and we made money and uh, we have a lot of great memories. And Jim, you're one of my great memories in my life. So thanks, man. Thank you, Rick. I appreciate everything. Love you, buddy. Take care, okay? You too. Do, Bye-bye. Hey, do me a favor. Give, give, buy a dozen flowers or do something for Stacy tonight. I, I still, I'm in disbelief she's still there. So <laughs> I, I approached that, you know, like I was walking on glass. Sure, yeah. Same young lady. I, I saw did, you tiptoeing. Yeah, I did. And so, congratulations, man. <laughs> Thank you, Nate. <laughs> okay, hey, you know what? You know what the, the hunter said to me, right? He said, uh, I said, uh, I was making a rib about the people want to use the figure four. And I said, Hunter, why do all these guys want to use the figure four? He says, well, he thinks it's going to get him laid. And I said, also, probably get married four times. <laughs> <laughs> and, hey, a flair finally won a match on a pay-per-view with a figure four. I know. My daughter won with a figure eight last night. Oh, my night. God. Well, well that's the first. That thing has never worked. Ever. It <laughs> finally did. Jesus, and even when the mark would be up in St. Louis, because I had to figure four on myself. <laughs> and you know what? That 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 just means that you know she does it better than you did. No, thank you. You know what? She I'm does. The, I'm the first to say it. She, she does. does. She's so much better than me, Jim. I swear. If you have a do me a favor one night, I tell you when she's on, and uh, please watch her. She's great. 
I will, I'll and, tell you one Jim, thing. If I'm Jim, ever on the same you, plane you, as she is, and she walks on at 6 o'clock, if she walks on at 6 o'clock in the morning, yeah. wearing a three-piece suit, brushing her hair, and carrying her belt bag, I'm, I'm jumping off the plane. <laughs> <laughs> Say that again. I didn't mean to interrupt you. <laughs> No, I'm, I'm saying if, if, she, if I'm ever on the same plane as her and she gets on at 6 o'clock in the morning brushing her hair, wearing a three-piece suit, and carrying her belt in a belt bag, I'm getting off. <laughs> Thank you. I love you, man. Thank you so much, Jim. <laughs> Jim, you actually, you were, you were there when she was born. You've known her that long. Oh, so. my God, that's right, yes. Yep, you sure were. <sighs> <laughs> All right. I love you, man. Thanks, Jim. Thank you, sir. I love sir. you, Dave. I'll talk to you soon. Woo! NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. Woo! The five-star reviews are in, and it's confirmed. SaveWithConrad.com can save you thousands. Jimmy E. writes that we saved his family more than $1,000 a month. James S. says we saved his family more than $1,200 a month. But how much can you save? It's free to find out right now at SaveWithConrad.com. But if you've got a second mortgage, if you've got credit card debt, or even worse, if you're in a 30-year loan, it's not a matter of if we can save you money, but a matter of how much at SaveWithConrad.com.